Good evening, and welcome to the High Horror Society. We are your hosts, Zach. Kyle. And this evening, we watched Mandy on Shudder. Yes, we did. <laughs> Another Shudder exclusive. Oh, man. I feel like a shill for Shudder because I uh, just keep pimping their movies, but that's, hey, I got the free trial, and it's working they out good great. movies. They do. So they do. It's worth it. It's worth the five bucks a month. It, uh, yeah, definitely check it out. Five bucks. If nice. you're a horror fan, I can't recommend it enough. We've already... Gaunt did what three or four reviews so far yeah and each it. one has been great so here we are selling it yet again Sell, i expect so. to check in the mail shutter so <laughs> <laughs> so yes this evening we watched mandy uh mandy is a t- 2018 psychedelic action horror film directed by panos cosmatos and co-written by cosmatos and aaron stewart on and uh, of course directed by panos cosmatos who did uh beyond the black rainbow okay which is a great trippy little movie um, uh, uh, and the music was by Johan Johansson. Yes. Yes. Good old Johan. Good old Johan. Did a great <laughs> job, buddy. Um, stars, uh, Mandy stars Nicolas Cage as Red Miller. Of course, Nicolas Cage leaving Nicolas Las Vegas, Cage. The Rock, <laughs> yes. Raising Arizona, National Treasure, Lord so of many. War, uh, Ghost Rider. Oh, yeah. Everybody knows who fucking Nick Cage is. Of so course. Nick Cage. Nick Cage. Um, Andrea Roseborough uh, as Mandy Bloom. Um, she was in Birdman, uh, Oblivion, Nocturnal Animals, Battle of the Sexes, uh, recently The Death of Stalin, Stalin, I'm sorry, The Death of Stalin, and uh, Black Mirror, the TV show, the one on Netflix. I love that show. Yeah. Nice. I didn't catch what episode she was in, so I apologize oh, okay. there. Um, I haven't seen the fourth season yet, so I've been, I stayed away oh, from everything. I think it's I... in that, that season. Right. Um, Linus Roche as Jeremiah Sand. He's been uh, in Law and & Order and Law & Order Special Victims Unit. He was also in Batman Begins in a film called Nonstop. Cool. And uh, uh, Bill Duke as Grothers. Um, he uh, was uh, actually the director of Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit. <laughs> yeah. What a credit that is. <laughs> that so is cool. I thought that was pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> he was also, uh, as an actor, he was in X-Men, The Last Stand, oh. National Security, Get Rich or Die Trying, and Bad Country. Nice. Yep. And uh, Mr. Richard Brake as uh, the chemist. So that was the guy who was cooking up all the LSD all the with the stuff. wide eyes and oh, the tiger. Okay. Um, the tiger guy. <laughs> the tiger guy. <laughs> he was in Batman Begins, uh, uh, Halloween 2, the Rob Zombie one, not the um, okay. original Halloween 2. Uh, Thor, The Dark World, Hmm. um, Game of Thrones, Kingsman, Secret Service, another Rob Zombie movie called 31, which I have yet to see, but I think that's on Shudder too. Um, Death of Stalin again, so two Death of Stalins, and uh, the upcoming Three from Hell, which is the sequel to Devil's uh, Devil's Rejects and House of a Thousand Corpses. Nice. Yeah, so, Check that one out. Yeah, that'll be awesome. I'm, cool. I'm very excited for that. Uh, so, yeah, so that's kind of a lot of crossovers. So there's two folks from the Death of Stalin in this movie and two folks who were in Batman Begins. So it's kind of small world Hollywood. Right? <laughs> small world. And uh, rounding out the cast, and I didn't get mo- um, um, other films for the rest of these actors. We have Ned Dehany, uh, Dehany uh, as Brother Swan, and uh, Haley so- Saywell as Sis, Line Palette as Sister Lucy, Clement... Uh, Baronet as Brother Kolepke, and a bunch of other folks were in bunch this. Of others. Uh, I just love the names. I think these are the names of the um, the demon biker guys. Okay. But Scratch, Scabs, <laughs> Fuck Pig, 
And uh, I know who that one is. Yeah. And then, uh, oh, and then Paul Painter is the Cheddar Goblin. Oh, my God. <laughs> Got to call out the Cheddar Goblin. The so, Goblin it up. Goblin it up. <laughs> That's yes. awesome. Um, so I have a couple different synopses. Multiple synopses. All right. Um, synopses for this movie. Um, there's three of them that I pulled up, and I'm going to read them all to you without screwing up right now. Uh, Pacific Northwest, 1983 AD. Outsiders Red Miller and Bandy Bloom lead a loving and peaceful existence when their pine-scented haven is savagely destroyed by a cult led by the sadistic Jeremiah Sand. Red is catapulted into a phantasmagoric journey filled with blood, vengeance, and laced with fire. Not bad, right? I like that. Phantasmagoric, because I had I had to look up phantasmagoric because I had no idea what it meant. I kind no. of surmised what it meant from the uh, the synopsis, but it uh, means uh, having a fantastic or deceptive appearance as something in a dream or created by the imagination. Oh, so I say that is quite fitting oh, for this yeah. movie. It was a trip. <laughs> it was a trippy yeah. one. <clears throat> so uh, synopsis number two. The enchanted lives of a couple in the secluded forest are brutally shattered by a nightmarish hippie cult and their demon biker henchmen, propelling a, propelling a man into a spiraling, surreal rampage of vengeance. Okay. Yeah. I like the first one better, I first think. First one, for sure. And this is the longest one. I think this was written by a user on IMDb, but I'm going to read it anyway. Taking place in 1983, Red is a lumberjack who lives in a secluded cabin in the woods. His artist girlfriend, Mandy, spends her days reading fantasy paperbacks. Then one day, she catches the eye of a crazed cult leader who conjures a group of motorcycle-riding demons to kidnap her. Red, armed with a crossbow and custom axe, stops at nothing to get her back, leaving a bloody and brutal pile of bodies in his wake. Okay. Not bad. A little more information. More I still think the first one's the best because it gives, it's kind of, it still um, has that mystery about it. The other one kind of just tells you exactly what happens in the movie. True. That is true. Yeah. So the more spoiler <laughs> First one, number one. First one, number one is Bravo. number, one. number um, one. So jumping into our fun facts. Fun Do we need facts. to have a, like ba, 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 a, you were supposed ba, ba, to get music ready ba, ba, for this. Ba, 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 there you go. <laughs> I want it to be more like, <laughs> do, 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 fun <laughs> facts. Like zipping across the screen. All the graphics. Yeah. Everything needs to have a whooshing noise with it flying across. Um, So uh, the director, uh, uh, Panos Cosmatos, he was born in Italy to Greek uh, filmmaker uh, George Cosmatos and uh, Swedish sculptor Bergetta. Oh, Lungberg, <laughs> Cosmatos, uh, hyphen, yeah, Cosmatos at the end there. Sorry, I'm screwing this up Sorry, already. Um, the family moved to Victoria, British Columbia in the early 1980s. Uh, the director's first break in the film industry, and the, uh, blowing it already. <laughs> the director's first break in the film industry was being second unit video assistant operator for his father's film, Tombstone. Oh, so, yeah. That's cool. Fucking Tombstone. I love that movie. I don't think I've ever s- You've never, never seen it? it? Really? No, oh, it's never, great. It's a great never. film. Share me your tombstone. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> you ass. It's nothing with the pizzas. But no, it's, it's a really good film. Kurt Russell right. is in it. And, oh, okay. uh, yeah, it's Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp and all that fun stuff. Right. It's, uh, check it out. Wyatt Earp. What the hell is his name? Either way. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. Okay. We should watch it. Definitely. It's been a while. <laughs> all right. Um, but, uh, uh, his first film, the director's first film, was Beyond the Black Rainbow, and uh, he financed that movie with res- DVD residuals from Tombstone. Oh, so that's that cool. kind of paved the way for him. Hell yeah! And uh, um, this is his second movie. He was the writer and director on uh, behind uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow too, which is like the super trippy 
it's more psychedelic than this movie, okay. believe it or not. Yeah, it gets into some crazy. It, it it's again with the taking the LSD and the drugs and everything, and it's just it really gets crazy. It's about this Sounds like fun. Yeah, it's about this like guy who runs this clinic and he's kind of mad and he's oh. like like mad like crazy mad yeah. and he uh, gets really obsessed with this one patient because he knew his mother like I don't know I it's been a while since I watched it and when oh, I was watching it like it's crazy it gets nuts yeah <laughs> watch it like super fucking stone because it'll definitely we'll help the <laughs> help with everything because it is that type of movie all right um but it's not bad so <laughs> there's a couple of these things on uh, this next part. <clears throat> That I don't necessarily agree with these. So they're called the director's trademark and they listed a bunch of them here. Okay. And my problem with it is like this is this guy's second movie. So I understand like he may have running themes through it. But like to say it's a trademark is to like, I don't know, like say like how Steven Spielberg throws kids in all his movies all the time. Like, yeah, because yeah. he does it in literally dozens of movies. Yeah. This guy's made two. So I don't necessarily yeah. know. True. But like, it's it's basically his signature style. So I wouldn't call it a trademark, but more of his style, which I guess which in is, essence is just about the same. So I should just yeah. shut my face, but either way, <laughs> um, Panaflares is one of his trademarks. And this is a process of aiming a small led light into the barrel of the lens to soften and to make the frame look a little milky. Cool. Um, film. He also uses film grain. The characters speak in like a slow and strange manner. Like they're, I don't know what do they call that the rhythm you speak your Candace or whatever is that what they call it I don't uh, know I think I've heard that word before used sure. for that I'm not a thesaurus I don't know, I don't know. Um, sorry people uh, characters speaking slowly and strangely then um, and then the campfire scenes and then obviously the characters using drugs and LSD mm-hmm. um, <laughs> this was I thought was this was kind of cool so Mandy is partially produced by Legion M and Legion M is the world's first entertainment studio that allows fans to invest and in, in and be a part of the creation Ooh. of new movies, television shows, virtual reality, and other pieces of entertainment. So wow. basically, the fans can help fund fund the project, kind of cool. like a GoFundMe, I guess, an Indiegogo yeah. type of deal, but more kind of focused on TV, film, and things like that. That's so pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I thought that was pretty badass. Um, this little story I thought was kind of interesting, and this is where Mr. Elijah Wood comes into Elijah. play, who is, uh, <laughs> I think he was one of the co-producers on this. Yeah. Um, so this was in an interview with GQ magazine. So Nicholas Cage disclosed that when the director first approached him for the film, he, uh, wanted to, uh, the director wanted him to play the role of the cult leader, Jeremiah Sand, oh. but, uh, Nicholas Cage didn't like the role of Jeremiah. Uh, he wanted to play red instead. And, uh, um, Cage said uh, Cosmatos told him that uh, it was a story about old age versus youth, and he didn't really think he was right for the role of Ed. And so at the end of everything, they decided, you know, there would be no agreements and, you know, nothing was agreed upon. So they just kind of shook hands and walked away from it. So then a year later, Elijah Wood somehow got Nicolas Cage and the director together again to talk about the film. And they talked in more detail about, like, the theme of love and loss in the movie and how they can relate to it and how they've experienced that in their own personal lives and things like that and so uh, so the director said it just kind of clicked and he just was totally confident that Nicolas Cage should play Red yeah so and he definitely did an he did awesome a, job an amazing job but <laughs> reading this I and watching the film I could totally see how he would just as 
amazingly play the Jeremiah Sand yeah, role as a cult that leader. Character is just as fucking as in, crazy. He's got to be at that insane level right. to be able to do what he did. So yeah, yeah. Hey, I thought that uh, he did a great job. Both parts, both parts would have been, been awesome. awesome. I think. Yeah. yeah, Nick Cage is great. I love. I secretly love Nick Cage movies. <laughs> Weatherman is like one of my favorite movies. I always cry. I was like, Aww. what could have been? What could have been? No, but it's oh, it's wait. it's so good. It's such a good movie. Uh, and then Lord of War is obviously amazing. I don't know if you ever seen that. I don't think I've seen that it's one. It's the yet. one with the he does like uh, weapon smuggling and uh, arm steals and stuff. No. It's good. It's is another, it a newer one or older one? It's newer. It's probably in the last ten years, I'd say. Oh, okay. Jared Leto's in. It. He plays a cokehead. Of course. Of course. Jared Leto <laughs> always playing a cokehead. Yeah. Um, so come jump going back into the more fun facts here. We got a lot of stuff to cover a tonight. A lot of things to go through. So let's let's cut with the chit chat. Um, <laughs> while the beginning of the film features the standard cast, filmmakers, and crew credits, the title card does not appear until one hour and fifteen the one hour and fifteen minute mark of the movie, which I told you about beforehand, yeah. and like Finally, it was like when he gets up. the axe made, and he's like, yeah, it's like <laughs> boom, Mandy with the metal. Yeah, it was you know, definitely the, the metal the logo, logo and stuff. Yes, the I fucking love that. Band that logos. was great. <laughs> Um, so let's see. Um, at the opening credits, they don't display the director's credit until uh, the very end of the film. So usually you see directed by so-and-so and then the movie, whatever. Yeah. Um, this is doesn't do that. Cut at The first credit at the end of the movie was hit, uh, the director's name. So that was a little bit different than usual. Um, this, I thought, was an interesting little tidbit. The opening text reads, When I die, bury me deep, lay, me two, lay two speakers at my feet. Uh, put some headphones on my head and rock and roll me when I'm dead. Um, that appears to come from the final words of Douglas Roberts, who was a man convicted of kidnapping, robbery, and murder in Texas, and he was executed on April 20th, 2005. So no, this isn't credited in the film or verified oh. by anyone, but apparently those were um, his final words. That's so kind of creepy. Yeah, when I die, bury <laughs> me deep, lay two speakers at my feet, put some headphones on my head, and rock and roll me when I'm dead. Those are some good lyrics, though. It is kind of like, cool. I wish the guy lyrics. wasn't uh, convicted... <laughs> kidnapper <laughs> robber and murderer but if i had to choose words. some final words that's pretty fucking cool i must say <laughs> um, uh, the weapon uh forged by red that fucking awesome axe was an homage to the logo of legendary metal band celtic frost which i listened to a little bit today okay. of and it's not bad all I'm right. not a big metal fan, but it wasn't bad at all. Um, Can you see the battle axe with the music? Like, I tried to like. I was I was using Spotify and like okay. the logo. They don't do logos well. It's like the album covers are like yeah, super big. tiny. I, so I guess I could kind of see it. I didn't. I didn't take the time to actually Google it and look <laughs> it up because I'm lazy. So it didn't work. Battle out. axe and battle axe. Metal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Cheddar Goblin commercial yes. was directed by Chris Casper Kelly, who directed the Adult Swim short Too Many Cooks in 2014. So I kind of explained to you Too Many Cooks a little bit. If yeah. you guys haven't seen it, check it out. It's if you're a horror it fan, funny. it's funny. It's cool. It's surreal. It's basically goes through every single 80s and 90s sitcom, TV show, drama, crime series, whatever intro, and just keeps adding characters as if it's a television show intro in and of itself. And one of the characters ends up being a serial killer and starts killing off the characters as it goes. And then people turn into the titles themselves and the <laughs> titles end up getting people for the titles. And it's just like, <laughs> it's craziness and it's hilarious. Just check it out. Um, he also did this other little short uh, called... Uh, 
the uh, final deployment for Queen Battle walkthrough, which is like a parody of all those YouTube, or not YouTube, but those like Twitch streamers or those <laughs> Facebook live streamers. Facebook um, live streamers. Um, yeah, and it's this little, it's this thing and it just keeps like the guy is playing a video game and then within the video game or the guy is playing live streaming a video game he's playing and then in the video game he live streams a video game that the character in the video game is playing and it just keeps doing this like inception thing until it <laughs> comes all the way back around that someone's controlling him oh god in the live stream playing him as a game and it does all this stuff like you know hit the like Our hit world the keyboard is a simulation like, it's yeah it's it is <laughs> it's, it's much it gets that. that way but it's funny so it's check funny. it out again uh chris casper kelly uh, too many cooks, and then uh, final deployment for Queen Battle Walkthrough. <laughs> what a fucking crazy title. Titles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this I thought was a cool little tidbit. The book Mandy is reading early in the film, it's, uh, Seeker of the Serpent's Kiss, is a fake book. It's a oh. prop, and it's actually that's the name of the score that, the, that's playing, the musical composition, oh, cool. it says, that is playing in that scene. So I thought that was nice. Like that's pretty book cool. She's reading is the it's a little, little nod thing. to the music. Yeah. Um, this was cool. The song that Jeremiah Sand plays in the scene where he's trying to seduce Mandy and she's all fucked up on the wasp <laughs> venom and the LSD or, or the acid in the eye um, is oh, called man. Amulet of the Weeping Maze. And it was actually released on Bandcamp and it became the bestseller uh, on the site shortly after the film came out. And then so on this track, apparently, wow. there's a 17 minute uh little uh, interview called my journey which details uh, jeremiah sand's life and, and his views and his the world uh, his views on the world and god huh. so i'm definitely gonna go back and that's check pretty this cool out, <laughs> get some more insight on this character yeah. um i love the jeremiah sand character oh, yeah. i loved how like mean and vicious he was and then how much of a giant sissy bitch he was yeah the towards end. the end so, but we'll get into that <laughs> uh so watch the movie this is uh, significant too. So apparently, the number forty-four on Red's jersey yeah. or on his shirt—he yeah. talks about his shirt a lot in the movie. You, you cut, cut my, my fucking shirt. <laughs> you uh, cut my favorite shirt. <laughs> so apparently, the forty-four has several meanings. Um, one, it's a reference to Mark Twain's unfinished novel titled *The Mysterious Stranger*, where a supernatural character called Number Forty Four appears and uses his supernatural powers to expose the futility of mankind's existence. Yeah. So. I could see how that would relate. Definitely. He goes on a rampage and killing the the scum of the earth. So it makes sense. I like that. Um, Number 44 was also the number of New York Yankees, Reggie Jackson. And of course, Reggie Jackson's famous for hitting three straight home runs in uh, the 1977 World Series. I bet you didn't expect that fun fact. (laughs) Um, Baseball. And also, yeah, we got baseball. We got Mark Twain. We got horror movies. Nicholas Cage. All sorts of shit. Um, And also, finally, the number 44 refers to uh, the real life serial killer, uh, David Richard Berkowitz. AKA the 44 caliber killer or more famously son of Sam. Oh yeah. And, uh, right. Berkowitz pled guilty to eight separate, uh, shooting attacks that begin and, uh, began in New York city during the summer of 1976, the summer of Sam, um, which is another movie. That's not bad. John Leguizamo was in that movie. John Leguizamo, the pest, <laughs> the pest <laughs> or the clown from, uh, yes, Spawn. Spawn. or that. more recently, the guy from the John Wick movies, the, he's the car, uh, what do they call that chop shop guy? Oh, okay. Yeah. And he isn't he like the voice of that thing from Ice Age? Oh yeah, he <laughs> is the voice of that thing from Ice <laughs> Age. He talks with the thing like yeah, that's right. That yeah. is John. Man, how do you 
that's a good fun fact. Yeah. See, we got Ice Age, we, we got, got Mark everything. Twain, we got Reggie Jackson. Yeah. Um, so this is, uh, we were just talking about this one. Red is being held captive by the biker gang. Uh, his number 44 shirt gets cut or torn. Mm-hmm. And he mentions that it's his favorite shirt. And then later on in the movie, there's a flashback where Red meets Mandy for the first time. And he's wearing that shirt. Oh, okay. So, I um, nice. I didn't really. I didn't really notice that either. Yeah, I and I read this that. beforehand. So what does that tell you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> there are several similarities between uh, Jeremiah Sand, which is the cult leader, and real life cult leader Charles Manson. Oh. Uh, like Sand, Manson was also a failed musician who reportedly took uh, took it very personally when his musicianship was insulted. And there was a whole scene of that where she says oh, yeah. the music basically sucks and she laughs at his face, Life. you know, and his, and his genitals that are just <laughs> flailing out. Like he must have really been confident. Like I'm going to get her high. Pretty much. I'm going to play her my fucking music, show her my album and I'm going to derobe and she's going to be okay. Let's do this. Yeah. And but nope, nope. She, she laughed at his at tiny penis, penis and then she <laughs> he burned her alive in a sleeping bag. What a terrible Jesus. fucking way to go. Yeah, that's, God, uh, man, horrible. I was like, I don't know. There's some things like it wasn't gory or anything, but just the no. brutality of that oh, yeah. alone. And the movement and everything. The, when the bag, that's what got yeah. me the most was yeah. when the bag was on fire and it was doing the struggling back and forth. <laughs> yeah. And you saw the guy with the rope. Yeah. You know, he has the I was rope. looking. It wasn't, he was not moving the bag. No. Like somebody out of the shot. Yeah. That was a, it, or oof. somebody was actually in there. A few things know. in life terrify me more than being burned alive because it's just like you just have nowhere to go, nowhere to escape, you know? Yeah, you're like, breathing in flames. Yeah. Yeah, it basically that's what happens. You yeah. get engulfed and your it burns up your lungs. So that's Done fucked full. up. Yeah, let's talk about something yeah. else. Um, <laughs> Next subject. Jesus Christ. Uh, oh, where did we go? Um, so anyway, uh, he's very similar to Charles Manson. Um, he refers to his victims as pigs, as Manson and his followers did, and they use psychedelic drugs and yes, they did. Do create. Uh, go on violent havoc acts in which they do in this movie too. Mm-hmm. Um, we noticed this, the, you can see the cheddar goblin macaroni boxes in uh, Carruthers trailer yeah. when red goes to get the bow. Oh yeah. That was cool. Um, the film's opening song is starless by King Crimson, which originally appeared on their 1974 album red, which is the name of Nicolas Cage's character. That's so cool. Right? Full circle, everybody. <laughs> full circle. It goes first full circle. I love it. Um, uh, this movie is, uh, uh, Mandy is based on the same year that Beyond the Black Rainbow is based in, um, oh. or ba- takes place in, rather. Okay. Uh, 83, right? 83. Nice. And I don't know if that if some type of significance there, if he's going to tie them all together into like some shared universe See, or something. Cool. That would be kind of cool. Beyond the Black Rainbow is trippy as fuck, man. That, that's on Shutter too. Bravo. Uh, bravo. Me money, Shudder. Ding, ding, ding. Um, so apparently in the original script, there were more specific songs and music that were going to play with some uh, certain scenes. Uh, one example was the instrumental synth track by Ruleth. Ruleth? Synth track Ruleth by Sleeper Hold was okay. supposed to play in the scene where Red fights with the, the last biker and sets him on fire and decapitates him. Oh, yeah. But, uh, good man, scene. Sleeper Hold. I'll have to check that out. Have you ever heard of that band? No. No? Or musician? No. Instrumental synth track? That sounds cool. It does sound cool. We should definitely check it out. Uh, this is one of two films in 2018 where actress Andrea Riseborough played the titular character, the other one being Nancy. Um, so she played the title character Mandy in this one and Nancy nice. in that one. That's cool. Yeah. Good for um, her. 
the chainsaw fight had to be yes. filmed in one night, Ooh. which the director described as a straight up living hell to shoot. <laughs> I, I love can, those. I love I when that totally happens. See that though. I, they, we talked about that with uh, how those type of scenes, like the ones that their directors are always like, oh god, that was yeah. fucking hell. Yeah. End up being so awesome. And I, we talked about that with the movie The Void too, how yeah, they talked about right. the character shots yeah. and how oh, everything god. was falling apart and everything was so tough to keep together. And they, they mentioned how it was just a nightmare to film, but it was probably one of the stronger points of the movie. Again, yeah. with this, that scene was awesome. The chainsaw fight was so badass. I don't see how they could have re-shot like shot that to get that same look, the darkness and everything and the fire and all that That's stuff. That's probably like, why they had yeah. to do it in We're gonna one do night. We're going to do it one because, night. Yeah, like, I mean, everything's going to, the lighting's guys. all going to change the next night. <laughs> yeah. Like, even from the moon and stuff like that. Oh, like, yeah. what if it's cloudy or dark, you know? It's just very hard you, to recapture that. Yeah, that's why hard. shooting it outside is so fucking hard it has to you have to just get it done in one day for sure um we mentioned this uh red jokes that his favorite planet is galactus who's the <laughs> planet eater villain from the marvel comics um and nicholas cage is obviously a huge comic book fan he's been in you know a bunch of different marvel movies uh uh and uh he's been in uh, th- apparently played three marvel heroes across four films oh cool so who else did he play yeah i mean because it was what Ghost Rider? Yeah. Right? And obviously, he took his name Nicolas Cage from Luke Cage. But yeah, who did he play? He played Ghost Rider and who else? Hmm. I'm going to look this up later and slap myself. Somebody comment. Yeah, let, let us, us know, know who he is. We know you're there. There's a few people watching. Are there a few people watching? Hi. Hi. There's two. <laughs> two. Hi, two people. Two people watching. Know what Nicolas Cage No one listening in. to the podcast on Podbean. <laughs> it's all good. Sad. Uh, <laughs> um, so towards the end of the film, Red tells the cult leader that the... Uh, the psychic drowns where his mystic swims. And this is apparently a variation of the quote by uh, mythologist Joseph Campbell, which goes, uh, the psychic drowns in the same waters in which the mystic swims with delight. Um, hmm. So a nice little meaning, uh, basically, that there are is a fine line between psycho- or psychosis and spirituality. Oh, which- I could see it. I definitely can see. <laughs> oh, yeah. Speaking from experience with certain people yeah, I know, yeah. I could definitely see that. Um, uh, and then uh, a dedication to the late Johan Johansson is at the end of the movie with the, apparently there's some sketches that Mandy drew from earlier in the film that are shown and then they say his name. Uh, and then these I did not read until now because they said they had spoilers in it. Um, so if you have not seen Mandy yet, Turn us off and uh, don't turn us don't off. Don't turn us off. <laughs> Dear God, Please, no. we're desperate. We need all the views we, we can get. Uh, but <laughs> um, these are going to be some spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie, I'm sorry. Just go um, watch it. You know you want to. You know you want to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, so there was this one scene uh, that was one of the animated scenes where Mandy pulls out a glowing light of the corpse. Um, and that's an homage to uh, the glowing green orb featured in 1981's Heavy Metal. I think we talked about Heavy Metal once before. I don't know. Maybe, Maybe. one of the first podcasts we've done. Back in those Back when days. we did like Deathgasm, I think. Death we Gasm. talked about Heavy Metal. and uh, it's, it's basically okay. an animated uh, feature. It was based on um, like these fantasy comics that were out at the time. It's nice. a good little, little 80s movie. Sweet. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, right before Brother Swan is killed, he utters the phrase, better to burn than to fade, which mm-hmm. is a reference to the song Hey, Hey, uh, My, My by Neil Young, which is uh, also included in the suicide note f- to Kurt Cobain. And the complete line is, is better to burn out than to fade away. 
So, wow, that's a depressing one. Yeah. Um, at the end of the film, uh, when Jeremiah is on his knees and begs Red uh, not to kill him, he says, I'll suck your cock. Yes, he does. Uh, it's a possible reference to the short uh, story, Killing Nazis, by fellow Greek writer uh, Nikos Kalpakis. Um, there's a scene where the character is on his knees begging for his life, and he says the same line. So that's kind of fun. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> Yeah, oh, man. and that is rounds it up. Oh, apparently that quote, better to burn than to fade away, is also uh, from Highlander. <laughs> what? <laughs> Highlander? So there's that? two different things. It's either a Neil Young song or it's from Highlander. Before Highlander. Bro- it says, before Brother Swan is killed. Again, I didn't read these beforehand, so I apologize. I, try, I, see, I saw us. spoilers and I copy and paste Someone's it like trolling this. us. Yeah, before Brother Swan is killed, he uses the phrase, better to burn than to fade Better to burn out than to fade the full phrase away. Also a quote from the Kurgan, the Kurgan character in the 1986 film Highlander. Okay. All right. So there were a couple references in Mandy to other things. Uh, there was a reference to Chips, the TV show from the 70s. Uh, I like Chips. He makes that terrible joke about uh, Eric Estrada. <laughs> yeah. So stupid. So bad. But it's so funny. Um <laughs> And uh, there's a reference to Friday the 13th. One of the cultists asks Mandy uh, where she lives, and she tells them near Crystal Lake. Oh, yeah. And that's yeah. the lake from Friday the 13th, yep. obviously, which yes. we live next to one of those. <gasps> Don't tell anybody. Don't whisper. <laughs> um, there's a reference to Blue Velvet from uh, the 1986 movie when Jeremiah tells his followers not to look at him. He uses the same repetitive phrasing as Frank in Blue Velvet. Mm. I've never seen Blue Velvet. I probably should. Yeah. Um, there's a reference to Phantasm 2. Uh, late in the film, Red is engaged in a chainsaw duel with one of the cultists. At uh, the beginning of the battle, uh, each combatant, combatant shows off his chainsaw, and it bears resemblance to a scene in Phantasm 2. Okay. Hmm. Awesome. All right. Cool. Um, there's a, a, it says there's a reference to Galactus, and that's from Fantastic Four movie, but <laughs> Galactus is the Marvel character, but I doubt it's in reference to the movie fantastic for rise of the silver surfer but hey that's what i copied because i didn't look because i didn't want it to be spoiled <laughs> Copy and, paste and then there's a reference to night beast the character night is beast. watching this movie on tv so i think that's the movie mandy's watching when nick cage first comes in or oh drawing. okay yeah that's right with her amazing drawing with skills her awesome drawing skills she's good uh the budget was an estimated six million dollars yeah not bad it was not bad. And then uh, so far it is grossed since this is figures from November 4th. Okay. Um, and the, the movie came out only in September. So, oh, yeah. It's uh, so far recent. the U.S. gross is $1.2 million. Okay. Not bad. Uh, a couple of film festivals. So as I said, the film premiered at the 2018 Sundance Film Festival on uh, January 19th, 2018. Um, it was released on video on demand and with a li- limited theatrical release on September 14th. So that's the September date I was referring to. Ah. Um, it sold out in all international territories before nice. its premiere in the director's fortnight at the Cannes Film Festival in May of 2018. Cool. And it prompted its five-minute standing ovation wow. at Cannes. Damn. Right? Five that's minutes. Five minutes standing Dude, ovation. That's long. Uh, standing like, ovation in and of itself is pretty yeah, pretty special, but, but a five-minute five. ongoing standing ovation. That's going to make you feel pretty good. Yeah, to that be, would feel be pretty badass. That yeah. That would, how <laughs> like, exciting would that be? Wow. So um, some other... Uh, Film, uh, some other things, film awards that it won. So let's see that title card, buddy. Perfect. So some other awards. Uh, 
it uh, it was nominated uh, for uh, the best cinematography at the uh, Independent Spirit Awards, hmm. um, Hollywood. Uh, let me see, uh, Hollywood Music and Media Awards (HMMA). It uh, was nominated for best original score in an independent film. Um, oh, jeez. Another International Fantastic Film Festival won the best uh, nominated for best film feature. So those were its nominees. So it was nominated for best cinematography, best original score, and best film feature in a bunch in three different film festivals. Nice. And then in the Sturgis Film Festival, uh, I think that no, it's I'm sorry, I apologize. The uh, the Cata, Cata, Catalina, I'm sorry, Catalina, Catalina International Film Festival won Best, uh, Andrea Roseboro won Best Actress, oh, nice. uh, Panos uh, Cosmatos won Best Director, mm. and uh, he was also uh, was also nominated for Best Film. Ooh. So not bad. Bravo. And, I mean, I just butcher those Italian names, dude. Just, I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So those are the awards. And now let's get to talking about some of the soundtrack. Some of the soundtrack. Some of the music. Some of the freaking soundtrack. That soundtrack is so awesome. It was pretty great, wasn't it? it? The eighties synth with the heavy so metal good. and the that, those those like you mentioned earlier, the those tones, those deep guttural deep, tones again. Deep tones yeah. from a gentleman named Johan Johansson. Bravo, Johan. Johan. Awesome job. He's uh from Iceland. He unfortunately passed away in February of this year in Germany. So sorry about that, but he is he did a really good job. He um he's got a few other really good movies under his belt, mm-hmm. such as Arrival. I don't know if you've seen Arrival. I have not, but I heard oh, good man. things. That one <laughs> is so good. Arrival's awesome. He also did um Prisoners, mm-hmm. The Theory of Everything. Okay. And what is that? Sicario. Sicario. Yeah. Okay. Um cool little fact here. He was the first Icelandic person to win a Golden Globe Award. Oh, okay. So that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. And there's, I mean, there's, there's a good amount of stuff. There was a few quotes from the uh, director. I'm not going to read it because I didn't even practice it. So, <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> but it was all good things. They all were very happy they they chose with him or what sure. with him for composing everything. And yeah, just what he did brought so much to the movie with those like deep tones and like we we're talking about the synth and everything. And yeah, he definitely he made the movie. Yeah, they would. The it music was, awesome. was a character in and of itself. It really oh, yeah. was. It was such a. It was such a an integral part of the movie. It was, it really, and I I've been listening to the soundtrack for a couple of days now before we even started watching this. Yeah, and dude, I, this is the YouTube, first time I saw it. People are loving the soundtrack. It's great. On YouTube, it like, is. It's getting really popular. It's uh, the so one track that I really liked was uh, oh geez I don't even have it up here but uh, yeah um, I think it's one of the final ones. It's like okay. the children, the new children or something like yeah, that. That's that so far, awesome. Yeah. It's like the last one. It's like just. The <laughs> So cool. Nice. But, um, yeah, some other things about Johan Johansson. He was um, he was set to do the score for the latest Blade Runner movie, mm. and uh, him and the director, because he did um, the the same director did The Arrival and uh, Sicario, and he was like, "Hey, you want to do this movie too?" And so that when they were collaborating, um, things just didn't click, I guess, and they went in a different direction. Obviously, Hans Zimmerman and uh, the other gentleman wrote the score. Um, and it, it turned out great, amazing for Blade Runner, for Blade right? Runner. Yeah. and uh, you know, so rightfully they, you know, they they change directions, and sometimes that's a good thing for a film. Sometimes, um, yeah. But I would love to hear what his score oh, yeah. was. Me too. Um, I'd just be, I'm super curious to see what it would be like, especially listening to the music from Mandy. I think maybe a good fit for Blade Runner too. Uh, 
Um, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, we'll never really see it because, again, like you said, he passed away. Unfortunately, um, yes. uh, overdose of cocaine and some other medication, apparently. Yeah, they found in the system. So yeah, and uh, this film is obviously dedicated to him. Um, it was uh, the one of the last scores uh, he composed before he passed, and uh, this this particular score for Mandy was completed at the time of his death, but it was uh, assembled in its final form by the co-producers uh, on the movie. So kind of, you know, he didn't quite finish it, but he finished yeah, the he recording was, part. Was so. it like 90% there? And then they were working on the music all the way up until like the release. Like it was like pretty yeah. close for them to, you know, finish the music composing it while it was about to be released out. Oh, so no like, shit. It was a close call, but they, they, they made it, it and they, they pull it off. It. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes those pressures are good. Like they spark creativity and they really make for great things, you know? Yeah. And like, like we talked about earlier, how filming conditions can be hell and they always oh, end God. up being these great scenes. Um, so it's just interesting that that would maybe be the, the case there too. You know, like it's this pressure, Oh God, we got to get this done by this time. And yeah. it ended up being really awesome. That pressure kind of puts that forth, that extra, Extra little effort, like that extra ten percent, that hundred percent. Got it there. Um, so uh, some other songs uh, that we talked about. Uh, we mentioned this: the Amulet of the Weeping Maze mm-hmm. and uh, the Starless by King Crimson. Yep. Um, so let's get into our Oopsie Daisies. Oopsie. Let's see that title card on the Oopsie Daisies. So, bum, bum, bam. This movie bam, is bam, kind of bam. Sorry. Different than most. It's okay. You you bamming me while I'm trying to talk here. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, this is a little bit different than most because like I feel like this movie was so systematically put together. Like every shot, every scene, every frame of film that we're seeing in this movie yeah. was so purposeful. Oh yeah. That like there weren't. I I looked. I try to look at movies and try to pick it apart, and mm-hmm. I couldn't really see anything. I think it. For me, aside a little bit was okay. some of the effects too. Like yeah. those effects were awesome, right? And with all that going on, like there's so much like, just uh, not the word, but it's like it's hard to see like some of the things like maybe in the background, right? Or like oh, there's a guy standing there when he shouldn't be, like mm-hmm. things like that. Like you can't see because like the effects on the video and stuff. That, like holy crap! And like, if you're going through that much effort to set up a shot like that yeah. where you have that the weird led light lens flare yeah. thing coming in the pan flare that they call it that you're gonna make sure it's fucking right because it took you a while to set up that scene you know sure. so i would imagine they were pretty uh you know pretty on top of yeah like, pretty on top of finding sure. shit um but there was one little ipsy that uh they found and you you mentioned this that you noticed this that when mandy's reading her book uh she has a series 2009 one dollar bill as a bookmark and obviously that would be impossible because the movie takes place in 83, 83 not in 2009 so one tiny oopsie one little thing one little thing that most people probably i didn't even notice and i read that beforehand and i was just so i wouldn't even so enthralled with yeah. the movie i couldn't it's like oh a dollar yeah oh is that an actual you know oh well, you see how many dollar? times you see a dollar a day and it just becomes like yeah, this normal thing for you i never look notice. at the dates on yeah them, like, or yeah. well and the style of it's totally different True. remember those old styles as a little picture and now it was it's the big one and yeah. it's all colored different it was a lot and more shit. greener back then yeah too. it was um, so that was the only oopsie I found online. I'm sure more will come out as more people tend. Obviously, the movie just came out in September. It's relatively new. True. So as it gets more popular, people start picking it apart, and we can we get shit on it some more shit. later. <laughs> but um, 
So speaking of shitting on movies, let's oh, get God. into our critical reviews. Shitical reviews. Shitical reviews. <laughs> Shitical reviews. Yeah, let's move that. Let's over move here. it over. You can move it over live. That is hysterical. <laughs> For oh, the people man. listening to the podcast, Kyle is moving the title card over. Yes, making sure it's perfectly centered on the live stream. Under so thank our you, producer Kyle, action figure guys. <laughs> um, we got the monsters. So Mandy has a score of ninety-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Nice. Um, it uh, the little thing on Rotten Tomatoes said Mandy's Gonzo violence is fueled by a gripping performance by Nicolas Cage and anchored with a palpable anchored with palpable emotion conveyed between the volcanic between his volcanic outburst. Jesus, let me try that again. The Gonzo part. Yeah, is Mandy's definitely... Gonzo violence is fueled by a gripping performance by Nicolas Cage and anchored with a palpable emotion conveyed between his volcanic outbursts. Yeah, there we go. Much better. Um, it has a six point seven per uh, six point seven out of ten on IMDb, mm-hmm. and then an 81 on uh, Metacritic with the, it has a little must-see award thing there Mm. for it. Um, So some of the reviews for the movie, um, Nick Allen from RogerEbert.com praised the movie saying that uh, for all the endless and feral performances uh, that Cage has given in movies, good and good, bad and forgettable, Cosmatos style driven 80s tastics passion for weird worlds and characters takes full advantage of Cage's greatness and then some. Nice. Not bad. That's and then uh, in a five-star review for Dirty Movie, Stephen Lee uh, Nash called the film a blood-soaked revenge caper, praising the director for his masterful approach that aligns him with Kubrick, Lynch, and uh, Kubrick and Lynch in delivering perfect, perfectly believable and fully realized worlds and characters that operate within their own laws of physics. Okay. Not bad. <laughs> so, and then uh, also film critic Chris, uh, Christopher Stewartson uh, said the film is sure to become a cult favorite all of its own, which oh, yeah. I totally agree. Oh, It would definitely yeah. be a cult favorite. Cult. So that was the critic reviews. I wasn't able to find anyone shitting on the movie outright. Not professionally anyway. Obviously, there Not are yet. always people. But, uh, of course. You know, it seemed for the most part everyone overwhelmingly loves it. Yeah. Um, so let's get into the, our high horror society thoughts horror on the movie. Uh, you want me to go first, or do you want to go sure, first this you week? Can go. I can go first. Ladies first. Ladies oh. first. Oh, you <laughs> bastard! Um, so anyway, um, <laughs> I I want to watch this again, like right away, like right away. I don't really want to say for sure, like ten out of ten, because okay. I want to give it a couple more viewings, but. Um, Overall, I really enjoyed it. I think any horror fan would. Uh, the style was fantastic. If you liked more of a psychedelic type of look at a trippy feel to your movies, a la uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow, um, if you enjoy those type of movies where things are just a little more surreal, where not, things aren't really fully explained outright, you kind of have to piece it together. Um, this is one of those for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is violent. It is bloody. Oh, there's yeah. a lot of action. There, It's not for fucking kids at all. No kids. Um, <laughs> It's twisted and it's beautiful at the same time. And it's really, I, the phantasmagoric word really sums up the movie pretty well. True. You know, the, yeah. the, the living nightmare, living dream, but it all being the same thing at the same time. And the movie, I, I really do enjoy what the, the, the story of it too. It does, you know, it on the at face of value, the movie just seems like this over the top action horror movie, just an excuse to chop up people and stuff like that. But there's so much more. In oh, there. Yeah. Um, you know, they talk about love and loss in this and they're, 
definitely, you know, Nicolas Cage definitely did a great job conveying that. Oh, yeah. He was watching the body burn, and there was just that close-up on him with yeah. the barbed wire in his mouth. And, yeah, you know, like, that he was, was crazy. Like, you know, bleeding out and like you could see the pain in his face and it was mm-hmm. so real and the tears in his eyes just seemed so like I was thinking like what is he thinking about right now to be able yeah, to, to invoke that, that emotion yeah. in himself. Like what a like, like that's a great actor. Yeah, right it really is. He <laughs> like, put shit. his all into it and you could yeah. tell like you felt and like the way he was just kind of lumbering through things, like you could tell he was just exhausted. Oh yeah. But like his that drive, that passion for vengeance anger. and yeah, that anger vengeance. was this passionate thing. And obviously the the broken shard of glass full of coke probably <laughs> helped him out yeah, a bit too in the I'm LSD ready. and we'll Oh man. So I mean, let's you gotta take that stuff just to keep on going. Yeah. <laughs> and we should probably say up front here that we're probably gonna have a ton of spoilers in this as well. But uh just a little I, I'll try to stay away from him but as um as I said, I really enjoyed this movie. I, I really want to watch it again. I'm hesitant to give it a 10 out of 10 just because like I feel that it's <clears> kind of set aside for, you know, kind of roots those really special ones and this this is definitely one of those special movies but i feel that me just giving it one viewing isn't doing it due diligence you know what i mean it's not doing the movie justice for me to actually give it uh that critical overview and i know that sounds super stuck up and hoity-toity and uh, you (laughs) You fucking hipster kid what the hell is wrong with you just give it a rating so i'll give it a rating i'll say at face value not at face value but i i love this movie i will i'll say nine out of ten for sure cult classic written all over it the just everything was great about it the demon oh, yeah. biker gang who's right. later explained <laughs> to be just like lsd addicted just oh, okay. body mod freaks which Crazy. was somehow even more horrifying like i'd rather them be demons yeah. because it's like you know they did the call and they came and they fed them the thing and they were like blood Ugh. for blood and like you didn't really know if it was blood or what they were doing and then you find out later they're just addicted to this hyper fucking potent lsd drug and <laughs> yeah. that's kind of they live in this fucked up haze world oh and, man um you know i love that the guy takes the in the beginning the one first demon guy he like chugs it down and he's like <gasps> spitting it out he's like more and then oh, you know it. later on in the film nicholas cage just takes a little like <laughs> little lick of it and it's like <laughs> boom oh, fucking like sun's on fire blowing there, up yeah everything like, he sees is like demonic and yeah like faces melting so off of course and all those sorts guys of crazy are like shit. going nuts yeah can you imagine that just flowing uh, through your brain it, it remind reminds remote. me of uh that uh that death cult from uh Japan, that old Shinrikyo. Oh, the one you told me about. Yeah, yeah that's where they were again. They used LSD and stuff like Ooh. that to control their people too. Brainwash it must it's like cult shit. thing, man. It really is. Um, yeah, so it's a good way to brainwash. Yeah, it is. It, <laughs> you know, the just everything about this, I would really enjoyed. The uh, you know, like I said earlier, it was uh, it was a twisted little film, but it was beautiful too. Some of the most some awesome beautiful scenes and shots like the one where he's looking down in the canyon and you see the oh, yeah. pyramid church and then it opens up it looked like something that you would see in fucking fallout like when you you know true yeah. it looked crazy yeah, and then was crazy. Uh, the end scene where he's driving away and you see the planets and the that was the, cool uh, yeah. the fucked up rocks and stuff like that just there was a lot of these little scenes that like it made the film feel way bigger than it was 
and I I really enjoyed that for it because it made the the whole world seem like if like if this type of thing can happen in this small wooded you know remote. nowhere remote yeah. place like oh, what else is going on <laughs> right. in the world that we just don't know about oh, man. and it was terrifying but it was also exhilarating and it was hilarious the movie was so funny it had everything it had it did have everything <laughs> I mean the cheddar goblin come on <laughs> man the goblin. fucking thing barfing on they the made kids me hungry. is just so funny <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, Nine out of ten oh, deserves man. multiple viewings, though most definitely. Nice. Yeah, I like that. My so, turn. My turn. Yeah, your turn. My <laughs> turn. Jesus, it's late. Your turn again, Zach. It's oh, let me go long. yet again. Ladies first again. Ladies so. first. Asshole. <laughs> All right, ladies second here. <laughs> ten out of ten. Oh, big shocker. Because <laughs> it's in it's in a new like horror category for me. Like, yeah, I've never seen like the psychedelic horror okay. kind of movie. So I'm glad course, I can pop your cherry again. I'm always <laughs> I'm always judging the movie on not just it as a horror movie, but also the subgenre of that horror movie. Yeah. And for this genre, holy shit! Like this one, this was like yeah, ten out of ten. It's, okay. It's up there because it has it's got the music, mm -hmm. Johan, awesome job, and it's got Nicolas Cage. I mean, come on. Yeah. And just yeah, the whole way the movie was put together was awesome with the effects and everything. And a lot of love. I say that a lot, but that's it. Yeah, it shows in these passion projects, and I feel we watch a lot of these. We probably don't watch enough shitty movies because I'm just picking, picking <laughs> cherry picking the ones. Again, this is just an excuse to fucking watch horror movies with my friends. So it it's works. like it works. It so works. I'm not gonna pick terrible ones, but maybe no. once in a while we'll rotate a shitty one into there. But um, still, this one, <laughs> this one is at the top. It is at the top. Yeah. So it's it's got everything in it. It really yeah. does. I I, yeah, I know last week we watched Terrified, and I gave that a ten out of ten because mm -hmm. like I, that movie literally scared me. Like that type <laughs> of stuff. Like that paranormal oh, haunted house shit. Like. It chills me to the bone. I don't know why. It was very unsettling, and it mm -hmm. was just the, the the pace of the ending was just a bam, 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 one thing after another for that poor guy. Yeah. And this was a little bit more of a slow, chaotic journey. It was, but, but it, it had was so driven too by the like yeah. you were saying the score, just that driving. Oh, God. Like it was just, I it it was great. And this is not a movie for everybody. I, no. I must say up front, like this is not don't go in thinking you're gonna see this badass over the top horror action. No, it's definitely a la, like Resident Evil type of stuff. That's why no, I love it because it's a lot it's, more grounded. It's pretty real. Yeah. Like I could see this happening in the mountains somewhere mm -hmm. like, and yeah, maybe backwoods not to the extent area. of like Nicolas Cage, like total revenge, badass killing everybody. Forging but, an like, axe and like <laughs> yeah. you know, the, which you. the axe, like that was cool. That was a, again another so, another like awesome. we, we've seen that before too in movies where the weapon almost takes on yeah its own character, uh, its own character like, like the flamethrower from the thing <laughs> yeah. um what was another one that there we had ah oh, shit god oh, damn man. it there's a few things i can't remember maybe but either, i know we definitely mentioned it for mm -hmm. the thing but like these these inanimate objects that almost take on a role of themselves in the movie because they play such a vital part yeah. of everything and the axe and this is one of them the flamethrower from the thing is another one um i think maybe it was the engine block or something from oh uh, yeah, yeah it or <laughs> it's just these weird little things yeah. that happen like you know but uh yeah it, overall i i have to agree with you man i think it was all very well put together yeah. everything the pacing was great the music was great the acting all the, the way around was, was awesome. great and um it's kind of it's kind of crowdfunded a little bit so yeah. that's cool yep. like supported it by has, 
you know, grassroots type of style thing with the the Legion M uh, production company. So yeah, go see Mandy, go give it some support. It needs some love. We need more horror films like this that are pushing the envelopes (laughs) and, and and just making you watch it and in disbelief being like, what did I just watch? I've, I loved it. Yeah. (laughs) I want more. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, go see Mandy. Go uh, check it out. Nine out of ten for Zach. Ten out of ten for Kyle, of course. Of course. <laughs> As fucking usual. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, have oh, a good evening. Man. Peace. Bye.